Happy Friday, everyone, and thank you for joining us on Friday Okra, the public education podcast for Oklahomans. I'm Carrie Coppernall Jacobs with the Oklahoma Education Association. And I'm Alicia Priest, president of the OEA. Friday Okra is a weekly podcast where we get together to talk about public education issues in Oklahoma. We hope you'll join us every Friday. Well, let's start off this morning with the inimitable Ellen Poga Miller of our legislative team. Good morning, Ellen. Good morning. Um, So deadline week, uh, we have some good news. I'm so excited to have a legislative update that has good news. At least one piece of good news. (laughs) Tell us some good news. Well, the good news is, is that it is deadline week, which means that bills did not who did not make it through the opposite chamber that they needed to get through are, um, you know, are done with. Um, so that's 150 bills that didn't make it through the process. Mm-hmm. And that includes Senate Bill 634. Yes. Celebration <laughs> party. <laughs> so that was the payroll bill um, that yeah. lawmakers yeah. had dressed up, put some lipstick on lipstick on that pig. Yeah. And we still didn't kiss it. <laughs> so Which they and, don't appreciate. <laughs> I think, honestly, because of so much of the advocacy of our members, you know, calling and explaining why this bill was unnecessary Mm -hmm. and unfairly targeted educators, as much lipstick as they put on that pig, they couldn't see past it, you Mm -hmm. know, and it -hmm. it was like the more they put on there, the the worse it looked. And so (laughs) I think that that was really helpful. It was kind of like, why are we so focused on a bill that we do not need this they session. They came and so, it. <laughs> <laughs> it, um, it was a lot of effort to make a terrible idea pass. <laughs> and yes. Yes. And, yes. And, and, and so on the Legiscan update, it says um, that it, it pursuant to rules has been declared dormant. So what does that mean? So, I mean, that means dead right now. You know, we um, that means it did not make it through that process and is unable to be brought up, um, you know, through that mechanism um, that it's in right now. So I feel as though we should say allegedly. I know. I mean, there's always the asterisks. If you watch session at all this week, um, you know, they the House actually wanted to bring up some bills. So they amended the rules in order to bring them up. But. I just feel so confident that um, the amount of touches that legislators received on this piece of legislation from educators um, was so high. um, And we were clearly able to talk about why this bill was not a great bill for educators, districts, and in really all of our focuses improved education for students. It was, you know, it touched none of those things. And so, um, dormant feels like kind of anticlimactic to be honest. I like the word dead, gone, kicked to the ground, but um, (laughs) But. (laughs) dormant is the legislative word we're stuck with right now. (laughs) Well, um, uh, some other bills did make it through this week. Can you kind of go through, um, some other things that, that folks might be hearing about or wanting to know about? Yeah, I mean, so, um, I mean, a lot of bills have gone through. The governor has actually signed 178 bills um, so far this session. Um, He's only vetoed two. Um, And so uh, we know that they're sending a lot of bills through. Um, A couple we are watching, obviously, are um, Senate Bill 229, 
this is the bill that, um, if you all can remember, um, the State Department of Ed um, passed a kind of lawsuit um, resolution that basically, you know, opened funding and bonding for charter schools the, um, and, and districts. I, yeah, go ahead. Were, were furious, you yes. know. Um, Public school supporters were furious. School boards were furious. I mean, it was a loud cry that this is not how you resolve a lawsuit that has been going on for years. Mm-hmm. And so by sending uh, my voted on taxpayer dollars for my district that yeah. I voted on for specific district issues with a student to a, another school. No, thanks. Yep. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. So um, Senate Bill 229 is um, kind of the compromise bill at this point in legislation. Um, It was voted on this week. Um, What it establishes is what they call a Redbud School Funding Act, Mm -hmm. which would um, disperse medical marijuana funds to Oklahoma schools that receive the least local tax revenue. Um, So if a school district receives below state average of per student building fund dollars from either local or state, that district would receive a grant to make up for it. Some of the good news is, is that this is um, not taking from other school districts. Mm -hmm. Um, So that part was, you know, beneficial and um, that they established that charter schools who can access these funds have to be brick and mortar schools. Mm -hmm. They can't be virtual. Mm -hmm. And I want to say the charter school issue aside, this uh, this issue of building funds for our rural districts is huge mm-hmm. because when you look at their bonding capacity, it can be so low if you don't have significant economic options in your town. And so, you know, like you, you look at bond issues for smaller districts could be for a single bus yeah. or just to do the absolute bare minimum of fixing the roof. And there's no, you know, I mean, we all want great facilities for our kids where you have access to science labs and great sports whatevers. And, you know, I mean, all this, right. all the stuff you want for your kids and going one to one. We think about that, especially, you know, this year. And there's just not like there are some districts that just don't have the property tax capacity to to raise funds for that. So I I'm personally I'm I'm excited for our rural districts that they will have access to this money because for a lot of smaller communities this it's you just cannot you cannot leverage enough bonding capacity to give your kids the stuff that they need and deserve. So I'm personally excited about about that prospect for our smaller districts. But there are some problematic things um that are in in that same bill. Agreed. So, yeah. <laughs> it's a complex. Yeah. So <laughs> but we can't and it's, we can't just ever do one nice thing at a time. Right. There's always gotta be like a backhanded caveat. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead, Ellen. And it, it, well, and I was gonna say to Alicia's point, I mean, um, this bill has um gone through kind of multiple stages. Yeah. Um it's yeah. 41 dot pages. Um, and we are still like digging deep into each component. There's, you know, talks about teacher certification. There's mm-hmm. components about charter schools and funding and revenue and all of those things. And so, you know, it's one of those bills that, you know, while we highlighted some things that we are excited about, mm-hmm. you know, we are taking, you know, our due diligence to ensure that um, understanding what the impact of the full yeah. legislation is. Yeah. Um, there was an, a bill about uh, teaching that has been talked about quite a bit. Can you give us a look at that? 
Yeah, so one of the bills, House Bill 1775, um, is a bill that talks about kind of what training can go into schools, um, you know, allowing um, educators to not be required to go to certain types of training if it talks about um, you know, certain aspects of race. And it goes into even further details of how educators can talk about race and um, sex and superiority and mm -hmm. topics like that within um, the classroom. Mm -hmm. And so that's a bill that um, we have been watching and, and seeing as it changes. Originally, the um, higher ed community was so... Um, against this, that this bill didn't even get heard in its original components um, on the Senate floor. Um, and then they found another bill to inject mm. this language into. Mm -hmm. So I'm hoping maybe it's a bill that is just there for show and we don't see it go anywhere else, but it is um, a concern of ours. But it's going to go somewhere else. I mean, this is... <laughs> Seriously, you can't talk about racism and gender yeah. bias and yeah. white supremacy culture in in schools and train people about that. And our student population is minority majority. Yeah. So. So let's just, you know, sweep things under the rug and status quo and hear no evil, see no evil, speak no evil. Mm -hmm. And I, I think we all know that history is very complicated. And and so um, trying to take, you know, large questions, you know, about structural racism or, you know, why things are the way they are in our society today yeah. and looking at it in a historic lens is a part of a history that I think we, we have all come to be very familiar with. And um, it doesn't mean uncomfortable conversations don't lead to better outcomes and better discussions in the right. future. Right. So, um, so, yeah, we're definitely worried about that one. Speaking of uncomfortable conversations, let's talk about money. Um, yeah. the, <laughs> I thought that was going to go somewhere else. <laughs> the budget, the budget's on the horizon. Yes. So, you know, really this next few weeks, um, there's going to be kind of two main things that happen. One is the budget. Um, and just, I mean, I kind of, as we all do, last school year, last session was odd. And so let's talk about just 2019's budget. Mm -hmm. um, it took about 20 bills um, for us to, in 2019, to create the fiscal year 2020 budget. Okay. So what's happening now is legislators are kind of looking at their budgets and figuring out kind of where they want the money to go. Um, and then we'll start seeing kind of budgets that support those efforts. Um, so we are talking, you know, to our educators and support staff. This is really the time that we we're not asking for anything, you know, directly for funding mm -hmm. other than fund our schools, you yeah. know, ensure that we have the programs and um, everything that we need um, next school year. So mm -hmm. it's really talking about why public schools matter, yeah. what kind of difference they make in a community and why funding them is beneficial, not only to your um, students and those employed, but to your community as a whole. Yes. Well, we will keep an eye on it all. So thank you so much, Ellen, for taking the time to walk through uh, deadline week with us. And thanks for what you're doing at the Capitol. Yeah, thanks for having me this week. And um, we appreciate 
hearing from you all and talking about bills and try to get into the nitty gritty as much as we can. Well, we are so excited about our next guest. We have something very important to talk about today. Um, we're joined now by Zach Graham, who's the chair of OEA's LGBTQ caucus. Zach, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you? Good. Thank you for coming. And then we also, on the phone, we've got Tessa White, who's vice president of PFLAG Oklahoma City. Tessa, how are you? I'm wonderful. Thank you. Great. Well, we, we want to talk about um, something that, that a lot of has been all over the news, um, uh, Senate Bill 2, which started out as a different bill in the House and has come back up discussing uh, basically banning transgender girls from participating in student sports, even though it's um, not happened in Oklahoma to anyone's knowledge. The legislature has um, felt the need to take this issue up. Um, so Tessa, can we start with you? Can you explain for listeners who might not be familiar or might not quite be sure, what does transgender mean? Well, transgender is when, like in my case, I was born a male, Mm -hmm. but everything about me is actually female Mm -hmm. except for my anatomy. And You know, transgender people have to live a nightmare of basically living in the wrong body Mm. until they have a chance to actually correct that through, you know, a lot of times through hormones and through transitioning. Mm -hmm. So you could actually align um, your body with with who you really are. So we, we are basically born in the wrong bodies is what it boils down to. Thank you for that. And so there was some, there was a lot of debate around Senate Bill 2. Um, there were some lawmaker comments about Senate Bill 2. Um, and Zach, I want to ask you, what, um, as an educator, how do you think that kids absorb that conversation? Well, I think as an educator, it's important that we, it's our goal and our responsibility to provide a safe and welcoming environment for all students. Mm -hmm. And so a bill like this flies in the face of everything that educators should should stand for. Mm -hmm. I mean, we should be fighting for equitable educational resources and opportunities for all students. Right. And this is just not that. So, Tessa, I understand that you're a parent, right? I am. I have five children, actually. Oh, God bless you. I have two, and I feel maxed out. <laughs> I have one. And- <laughs> so, as a parent, when you how how do your kids absorb that when they hear that kind of uh, this being debated and talked about by public officials? Well, I mean, I can tell that it hurts my children because they can see that it hurts me. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. They don't understand, and you know, as a parent. I had to think long and hard about this whole situation regarding trans, especially trans women in sports. Mm -hmm. I have a daughter. And, you know, so as a parent, I want any type of sporting event to be fair for my child. And I realize that there, there are other parents out there that might not necessarily be railing against the trans community, but they don't understand And, you know, through my own experiences with uh, me taking hormones throughout a period of eight years and watching my muscle deterioration and so forth take place, you know, there is no way today I could ever compete in a man's world ever again. So, but it was through my personal experiences, I realized that, you know, 
trans athletes deserve a place. And, you know, I, and I also realized that uh, the State Board of Education through the uh, athletic department have had standards already set. Correct. Hormone levels had to be reached. Right. And, you know, and I think that's very important, too. You know, trans women competing in sports, I, I just want to quickly say, you know, I've never seen a winner's block in women's sports filled with trans women athletes. Right. I've never seen right. that. I don't, I don't think it's ever happened. And there is a very, very specific reason for that. And that is they are truly competing on a level playing field. Yeah. So, Zach, what do our LGBTQ students face in our schools? What, what is that like for our students? Right. So our LGBTQ plus students face adversity in every aspect of their lives, basically. You know, um, whether they're out in public school or not, mm -hmm. they have that feeling of, of not being accepted, especially mm -hmm. if um, educators aren't willing to recognize things like their pronouns. For our trans students, mm -hmm. it's important that you recognize who they are and respect that. And so if, if an educator is not willing to do that, it puts our students in an impossible position. And how are they supposed to learn when they don't have respect from their teachers? You know, when I think about this issue of sports specifically, like with the with the the barriers you're already starting out with. If if it, if I were an educator in this situation, I'd be like, oh, please come and connect in a way to your school, engage with your peers. Like, yes, please come and be involved. And and I feel like that Senate Bill 2 is sort of the opposite of that, saying you cannot, you cannot engage in the same way when the kids who I think need it especially need that engagement. You can't be who you are yeah. is, is what it's saying. Absolutely. And it denies our students the opportunity to participate in team activities, which are can grow um, a student's um, overall uh, sense of belonging oh, in their school self, site. Absolutely. So, what about what about the atmosphere for our LGBTQ plus staff? So for staff, many work um, in the closet because they fear mm -hmm. retaliation of any kind from administrators that don't understand where they're coming from. Mm -hmm. And that's just the reality in the state of Oklahoma. While we may have protections where you can't be fired for that reason, administrators know that they can find a way. So sure. um, many of our educators do teach while not truly being themselves in the classroom. You know, I'm, there's a, a gal I know who told me a story about how um, she's an administrator now and she's out. And she um, she said that when she started teaching, she's been in education for probably 20 years and said, I was told, don't you ever let anybody know or you can never be a leader. You will never be allowed to be a principal, any kind of administrator. And she was so relieved that in the district where she works, that that has changed. But but I don't think that's true in every district. It's true, absolutely. Absolutely correct. And you know, there are, there are organizations like PFLAG that help our students and, and even parents and staff um, you know, know how to navigate all of this. So will you, Tessa, will you tell us a little bit about PFLAG? Sure. Um, our mission is to provide support, education, and advocacy to LGBTQ plus persons, parents, families, and allies. Um, most of the people that we deal with are transgender uh, human beings and their families. Mm -hmm. 
And, you know, and I wanted to chime in on the last subject. Of course, absolutely. And, and, and that is the courage it takes for these trans children to even come out mm -hmm. is just astounding to me. Mm -hmm. I never would have had the courage at their age, but they have the courage today. Mm -hmm. They usually have to deal with sometimes not a good home situation. Sure. Loss of friends. Um they just deal with a lot of adversity, you know, that mm -hmm. gets in their way constantly. And, you know, and then in the end, this safe place, which is supposed to be the school, the school system. Right. And now they just shut them down and they hit a brick wall and they are just left there. And and for what? Right. You know, because right. we're pandering to the religious right. We're pandering to white supremacy and we're pandering to the Republican Party. And, you know, I just think it's very unfortunate because these kids deserve a lot of credit for the road they've traveled and they really deserve a break. And they need that and they need to know that the community stands behind them. Yes. So in PFLAG, we do work with parents. We work with parents that will come in that might not necessarily be supportive and we will work with them, we'll hold meetings, and we will try to educate them on what it means to be a trans child or what it means to be transgender, gay or lesbian. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, we work with them and we work very closely with them, matter of fact. So it's, it's a very important mission of PFLAG is just to provide those resources that we possibly can so people can get a really good education on this. And how could somebody get in touch with PFLAG uh, okay. in, in order to access those services? Now, PFLAG is actually a national organization. Um, PFLAG Oklahoma City, we have a website, and it is pflagoklahomacity.org. Okay. And when I say PFLAG, it's just P-F-L-A-G, oklahomacity.org. And we are also on Facebook, PFLAG Oklahoma City, as well. Um, Oklahoma City PFLAG is very engaged in the community. We do all of our own fundraising. We have monthly support group meetings. We usually have bi-monthly um, medical professionals come in to talk about transitioning cool. and what services are available. So we just have a whole lot going on in Oklahoma City that for, is... the, for our PFLAG local chapter. That's great. And Zach, for members of OEA... Um, who are interested in um, the caucus, how do they get involved and who's it open to? The caucus group is open to anybody. It's not just uh, educators that identify as LGBTQ+. It's, it's anyone that can be considered an ally. And um, at any function, we're present. So you can join us at any OEA um, conference, as well as you can join us through our Facebook web page, um, which is just the OEA LGBTQ caucus group. Great. And our caucuses are, you can find them online at okea.org slash caucuses. And, and that one is listed there. Uh, so you can find that there. So um, we appreciate both of you for taking the time to talk about Absolutely. this issue and your candor um, and for standing up for kids. We appreciate it very much. Thank you. And welcome to Alicia's morning announcements. Do, 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 do. All right, we have some exciting things going on this week. Mm -hmm. uh, the spring game, the OU spring game, may not be exciting to half of the state. <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> but it is to uh, certain people in this room. 
It's you. You, me. And Joe. Uh, but anyway, um, and our board member, Lawrence Lane, who yes. doesn't miss a game. Uh, so Landers Auto Group, OU Athletics, and OEA have been doing the Oklahoma Classroom Heroes uh, um, Awards this season. Yes. And, um, and the last giveaway is at the OU Spring Game on Saturday. So we'll be celebrating some fantastic educators in pre-K through five uh, due to NCAA right. Uh, rules. Right. And um, but we are also giving away school supplies from 11 to three. Mm-hmm. So if you live anywhere around the Norman area. Yeah. And you need some school supplies. We know. You, we know. We know. It, this time of year is when things get dark. Also, we hoard school right. supplies. I and mean, if you've ever met a teacher and seen his or her closet. <laughs> this know. is like, and for certain things right now, there is definitely bartering happening. Right. <laughs> so come see us. Catherine and I will be there from 11 to 3 on the north side of the stadium by the reflecting pool, um, giving away school supplies with Landers Auto Group and OEA uh, and OU Athletics. So super excited about That'll that. Be fun. That's going to that, be fun. That's a, good, that's a good end to a heavy week of legislative. Yes. Uh, yes. Whatever. <laughs> there weren't any nice words that were coming to my mind right there. Yeah. That's good. Thank you. Um, also, uh, if you are looking for resources for racial and social justice and ways to talk to your students about all that is going on, even yeah. though, yeah. you know, the legislature may not want you to talk about that. Squeeze it in now. We, <laughs> before the law goes into effect, which they probably put an emergency on it so that it would come into effect July 1st, um, you can go to okea.org slash justice. We've got reading lists. We've got curriculum. We've got all kinds of stuff yeah. for uh, for your benefit to help you in your classroom. All so. Free. Um, so go to okea.org slash justice for supports for racial and social justice, uh, points and even more exciting Mm -hmm. delegate assembly is coming up next week. Yes. I am so excited. So explain for people who don't know what delegate assembly is, people who might not enjoy two day long meetings. What what is delegate assembly? Well, it's kind of like our legislative body without the tomfoolery. <laughs> um, yes, it is. It is a meeting, a business meeting of elected delegates mm-hmm. from locals all over the state. We'll have over two hundred delegates mm-hmm. um, that will be meeting virtually, and um, we make decisions on where this association is moving uh, through our budget our resolutions, which are our belief statements mm-hmm. that guide everything that we do yes. um, in, in governance. Yes. If there is a law that's going through, we look to our resolutions and other governing documents yep. to say, okay, so can we be for this or against this mm-hmm. or, or, you know, what is, what is our take on that? Mm-hmm. Those decisions have all been made by our delegates mm-hmm. as representatives of their locals. And so that is how our decisions are are made at that level. And then we have new business items. These are things that 
um, that are uh, fresh and new and our locals think or an individual thinks, hey, we should really be talking about this or promoting yeah. this more yeah. or doing something about this. And so they um, bring a bring a idea up to delegates and they debate it and vote it up or down, up or down. Um, there. So, for example, like a part of my job that came from a new business item is making the legislative guide, which I think is super fun to make and is a massive undertaking, but that came out of a new business item. And we, even though those only last for a year, we just still keep doing it because it was a great idea. Yeah. If, if there are good ideas out there, you know, A, you don't have to wait to delegate assembly. You <laughs> true, can, yes, you can true, bring true. it to the forefront <laughs> yeah. and, and talk to the president about these things and right. <laughs> we can implement them without waiting, you know, an entire year right. to do something about it. But let's say you like meetings in parliament procedure. Then delegate assembly is the place for you. You know, the other day, uh, my fifth grader said, um, if you're an adult, you just like boring meetings or you think all meetings. No, wait, wait, let me get this right. She said, if you're an adult, you think meetings are fun. And I was like, that is not true. <laughs> some, some meetings are fun though. Some are fun. Yeah. <laughs> this so one's fun. This one is fun. And, um, and it's, it's, it's exciting to, um, get to put back in some of those, pomp and circumstance, uh, yeah. things that we pageantry things that we took out before, yeah. like our invocation, yeah. um, flag salute. I mean, our, our student president, our aspiring educator president, mm -hmm. you know, is historically the person that gives the flag salute. Yeah. We invite, you know, uh, a pastor or a group in to do the invocation, mm -hmm. um, and, uh, and we'll be having a, a recognition of our native lands. Yeah, that's um, new this year. Which I was is, excited about mm -hmm, that. Which is new. And and so um, and we, I, it's going to be delivered by Deb Hope Deb, Downing, Deb Hope friend Downing. of the podcast. Yes. Friend of the podcast. Yes, she is. And um, a friend to everyone. Well, really. fact. That's a I fact. Mean, <laughs> Even strangers. Yes. Listen, you love her. Okay. And yeah. she loves you. Yeah. She's the past chair of the NEA um, uh, Native American Na American Indian Alaska Native, Native Caucus. Yes. And um, and a retired OEA member, mm -hmm. and we're just super excited that that she's honoring us by telling us about Native lands, mm -hmm. and we are in turn honoring her for um, for everything that she's done. So, and this and this year also is your last delegate assembly it, as this, president. This is my last delegate assembly. Some people are cheering. Some people are crying. <laughs> you know, are you no judgment are either you, way. Are you cheering or crying? Well, I'm excited about sleeping. So, um, so <laughs> some, someday I will. <laughs> we can see your family again. Y yes. I mean, it, I have never celebrated 4th of July with Kenna. Oh, Because yeah. I've always been at NEA representative assembly. Uh -huh. And so, I mean... You know, that's a thing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, you know, the, I, she was with me when I was pregnant at Delegate Assembly. We were in New Orleans. And um, some random lady came up to me and grabbed my belly and said, you're having a boy. <laughs> and sure enough, she came out a girl. <laughs> <laughs> well, I am. I cannot wait for next week. It's going to be big fun. And I love watching the democratic process at work. Like, I'm not I'm, I'm not being sarcastic about any of this. I, it's seriously. It is, it is really cool. It's a fantastic, deliberative time. The president speaks. The, um, the executive director gives kind of like the state of the association. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I, I, I mean, it is, it's very cool. So super excited about, about getting together with 
200 plus of our of our best friends across the state. Ugh. It's going to be great. It's going to be good times. Good times. Well, we want to say thank you very much to Ellen Pogamiller of our legislative team. Thank you to Zach Grimm, uh, chair of our LGBTQ caucus. Thank you also to Tessa White, who's vice president of PFLAG Oklahoma City. Uh, thank you to all of them for joining us. And thank you for listening to Fried Okra, the public education podcast for Oklahomans. I'm Carrie Coppernall Jacobs with the Oklahoma Education Association. And I'm Alicia Priest, president of the OEA. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Fried Okra on Apple Podcasts. You can also contact us at friedokrapodcast at gmail.com. We hope you'll join us again next week. Until then, keep fighting the good fight for public education.